Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, candy, old people's smiles, dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbol. Bida octo mon farste outwis mon kasabu haudon fu chi tang gali asparos. Ooh, scary! And this. Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this, though. Noal na o lapireta ikarino ilasa zorge, lapilasa do lape turbs benas. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio? Thirteen point two pesos. There's no such thing as point two pesos. Fifteen hundred yen. Five hundred pinks. Republic credits. That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. This is the MFG cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. Another day, another interview. I've got somebody that we've talked to quite a few times now. And guess what? We're not sick of her. Um, <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, exactly. That would be sad if I said that. Hey, this person, I do not like them at all. I can't stand them. Why did I even add them on? But uh, 
Uh, we're here to talk about another awesome kids' table game that's coming out on Kickstarter October 10th. It's Haunt the House. We were able to finally meet, me and Tracy were able to go to Gen Con and finally meet the wonderful Helena Capel. Helena, good to see you again. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having me yet again. It's mm-hmm. awesome to be here. But The only thing I really feel bad about is, you know, I knew eventually I wanted to talk to you about this game, and then we never even, like, played the demo. So, like, I felt, <laughs> felt kind of stupid. I was like... I was talking with uh, a couple of guys last night. We recorded an episode, and I was like, man, you know, you go to Gen Con, and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to find all these cool games. I'm going to see all these cool people. I'm going to play all these cool games. We barely played a game. It was more of like, you know, saying hi to everybody and being like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. You know, I it's know. Just... It's so crazy. And, and like, even the nighttime when you, you, you say to people, okay, I'll meet you at 8 o'clock, and we'll meet at this place. And we'll play 10 games and then you, the time comes and you're like, oh, I'm not even close to there because I'm at this other place and I'm not even playing games at the place that I'm at and what is happening here? Why am I at Gen Con and not playing games? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's totally, that's totally what it is. I mean, not to disparage it at all. It's just, it's just so, you know, there's just so much craziness to it, but it was great to see you. It was awesome to get a couple of the little expansions for Food Fighters. Logan was super excited to play them, awesome. so we played them immediately when we saw them. Awesome. It was really nice to meet you and Tracy and sit down and talk to you guys. So that, oh, was, yeah. that was a highlight for me. Oh, you're lying, but I appreciate it. No, that. no, it's true. Seriously. <laughs> it was a great conversation. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. No, it was awesome, awesome to finally see you and, and you know, just, I don't know, just the... It's funny because, you know, I, we, me and Tracy talked about it, like, again, the same thing. We just didn't play very many games, but it was just so much fun to have all the experiences and just talk to so many people and meet other people that are, you know, because, you know, like you, you introduced me to Jason Katarski from right. uh, Green Couch Games. And it mm-hmm. was like, wow, he's cool, too. You know, it's just, it's <laughs> he's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it's just cool to just and it's funny how you don't realize mm-hmm. that you know, you'll know like three people and they'll all kind of know each other and you'd be like, I know that guy. Oh, she, he knows her. You know, it's just, it's weird all the, you know, it's almost like the seven, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, but with game right. board people. Right. You know? <laughs> so, so enough of all that. Let's, let's talk about Haunt the House. You can tell by the art that you've been sharing, it's a kid's table game because it just, it has that, I don't know, it just has that awesome uh finished cartoony kind of really fun look to it and um unfortunately i wasn't able to play the or we weren't able to play the um demo of it but it seems like this you're you guys are getting better at making these games that are you know geared towards kids but also fun for adults um yeah this one looks like it's a cool little uh fun thinky game for adults that you know kids can kind of you know aren't aren't, aren't won't be puzzled by right so well, why don't you I tell mean, no god that is really the goal of what we do at kids table and uh i love to make games for kids and it makes me so happy to watch them and get excited and play them and talk about them and 
little kids emailing me to tell me that it's their favorite food fighters is their favorite game or problem picnic is their favorite game. But like, what's even more exciting to me is that the kids will email me and then their parents will email me and say, not only do my kids love this game, but we, I take it to work every day and I play it with my colleagues at lunch and we enjoy it together. And for me, that is, that is the most amazing thing in the world. You know, it's like sort of dual purpose. You make family games and the kids love them, but it's even more impressive when the adults love them as well. So that's, that's really what we're thinking about when we're designing games and when, uh, when we're signing games with other designers. You need to have that, for us, we need to have that balance. And so that's where Haunt the House comes in. And I think actually um, we've done a really great job at it with Food Fighters and Problem Picnic, but I think Haunt the House really, really nailed that. Um, when we make games, we are, sorry, Josh just walked in the room, so I just got all confused. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Haunt, that, Haunt the House has got that sort of level playing field where we're all doing the same actions throughout the game, um, but it is a part of the game where you either get some extra help using these phantoms, um, where an adult would play or a more experienced gamer would play using these phantoms, and they give you extra help to win the game, or you can choose to take tokens instead. So the game is not as deep for younger people and they are able to play the game at their level. So even though they're playing together, adults and kids can be playing at their own ability level and still be successful and still do well and still enjoy the game and still you know, be using strategy while they're playing. That was a lot that I just said. <laughs> That's okay. It makes my job a lot easier. Um, so how this is this game is is uh, designed by you and Josh. So how did you guys come up with the concept of Haunt the House? I think I've actually talked to you about this before. Josh and I take our sons every year to Florida and we drive down. And every year we make a decision about what we're going to talk about, what the agenda is going to be. And two years ago, we, when we were driving down, the agenda was going to be, are we going to design a game from the mechanisms or are we going to design the game from the theme? And so theme came up and we thought, you know, what, what would we be interested to play and what would our kids be interested to play and what's something that's out there but not saturated. And we came up with a haunted house and we wanted a little bit of press your luck um, and we wanted, um, you know, really the, the idea sort of stemmed from our kids' love for the game Cockroach Poker where it's all about lying and lying well. Um, and if you lie well, then you're going to be successful in the game. So we thought maybe that's where we would go from. What kind of mechanism could we use where kids could feel that engagement like they do in cockroach poker because they're lying? Yeah, so that's, that's where awesome. it came from. That's awesome. So, so when you're creating these games, you know, you think about the kids and the adults. Do you Do you specifically, with some of these games, do you you know, keep your kids in mind when it comes to that? Is there, you know, a certain thing where you're like, well, obviously this is this kid's favorite thing, or I, we kind of add this because we know that, you know, he will like it. 
obviously we keep our kids, obviously we keep our kids in mind, but we also keep our kids' friends in mind because, you know, our kids, we know what they like and they've got a limit to what they like and we try to push those limits a little bit and think about what their friends like or what we know their friends would have fun playing with our, with our children. It's interesting, recently, uh, our youngest son asked for a game design journal and uh, <laughs> amazingly, so uh, it is, it's really adorable. He is not fully literate yet. He's in uh, senior kindergarten, so he's, he's five turning six, but he's writing in that thing and every day he's like making components for his game that doesn't really exist, but he's got an idea of what it has to look like. But the interesting thing about that is um, he has come up with this idea that, I don't know, maybe heard, he heard Josh and I talking about, but we haven't talked about it for like a year, I think. And it is an idea that I, I had for a game. But I, like he's made it his own, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's really awesome to see him taking in information and then and then trying to create his own thing out of it. So that sort of uh, gives us a little bit of an idea of where we can go with our own games as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you know, that it seems like more and more, you know, people are using board games as a teaching tool for, you know, and I know that you do that, but oh, also, you know, <laughs> but it's all, you know, it's cool that it's becoming something that's more of becoming in more of the forefront for, you know, teaching kids how to do certain things. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, I, lo- I alluded to this in this previous thing that we recorded and it'll come after, it'll actually come out after we talk, but I was pl- play testing a little wrestling card game that I wanted to make. And so I had Logan play it with me and we're playing this game, you know, and doing some things. And, and Logan's like, dad, he's like, I think we should do this. And then he's like, oh, and then, you know, and then maybe we should do that. And I'm like, that's really smart. <laughs> like that, that is, is very awesome. cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, to think that, you know, you know, when you're thinking about something like that, you're like, I'm just thinking he's just gonna, he's gonna play it. He's gonna have a lot of fun. You know, I didn't think he would all of a sudden be like, well, obviously, you know, this doesn't work. So we got to try this. You know, I just, I love that, you know, games not only can be a fun getaway from everyday life but it also can be something where it it helps you learn certain aspects you know socially you know deduction math whatever well definitely i i have um i'm teaching grade three right now Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm finding that the kids have a, a very very difficult time talking to each other politely um you know, sort of taking the spotlight or curling up and and being in the shadow. And um, really, personalities really, really, really come out when you start playing games with them. And one of the things I thought at the beginning of this year is these kids need to play a co-op game and they need to play it fast and they need to learn that they each bring their skills and expertise to the table and they can all contribute in their own way. And so at the beginning of the school year, I actually had my kids, I had five groups of kids playing, what's it called, Forbidden Island. Nice. And it was so hard to teach them. <laughs> it's really, I mean, they're all eight. Mm-hmm. And, and 28-year-olds at one time was very difficult. 
However, <laughs> they really got it. They really understood that everybody had their own role and they each played a role in getting everybody off of the island. And some of them were successful and some of them weren't. And we talked about why, why some were successful because they worked together really well and they had good communication. And then, you know, the games are really amazing for that. Really mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, 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 they truly are. It's great. And, you know, as they become more in the forefront, a lot of those things are geared towards, you know, opening up people's minds to different things. Right. So let's get away from that and okay. let's talk about this Haunt the House. Why don't, okay. you tell us, why don't you tell us about what the Haunt the House actually is? Okay. Um, Haunt the House is a two to four player press your luck, a little bit of bluffing, although that's not the uh, main mechanisms of the game, but it's really set collection where you are actually playing ghosts and uh, you are trying to scare ghost hunters out of your haunted house. And we play turn for turn round in, uh, in round form um, and you get to play your spooks, which is are the things that help you scare the ghost hunters out of the house. You get to play your spooks, either visibly or invisibly. If you play them visibly, you're giving a lot of information to the other players. If you're playing them invisibly, you know what's there and no one else does. And so you're playing them to these rooms where the ghost hunters are visiting. Each of the rooms have powers. And when you play them visibly, you actually get to use the power of the room to help you win the game. And so essentially you're playing till, when you play in a four-player game, you're playing till four ghost hunters are scared out of the house. You are collecting their gear during the game. And you're matching up the gear to gain points and the player with the most points at the end of the game wins so that is haunt the house and it's it's incredibly fun incredibly beautiful we have had nothing but amazing response to it and for for both gameplay and art it makes it even more engaging than it already is it's a mm -hmm. very 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 good game and um you know, we have people visiting us all the time and it's funny because we've been playtesting this game for two years and We've had it done for about four or five months. And when people come visit us, that's, that's a game they're asking to play now. We've got all these other games on our shelves and they're asking to play Haunt the House, which is, that is amazing for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the best form of flattery, flattery for sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I wanted to focus on the art I wanted to focus on the art a little bit. I know that Josh worked on this game, but you have a, a main artist on it, correct? We do. Um, Apolline Etienne uh, is originally from France. And she, we found her work online and Josh said, this is, we have to have her as the artist. And she was very excited to do it because it, it sort of went along, like the idea of the game sort of went along with her style of art. Obviously it would. And, you know, we described to her what we were looking for and she just has been banging out the most beautiful pieces of art. I can't wait to make prints of some of this stuff and hang it up around my house. It's just really gorgeous. She's ultra talented. And then Josh has taken some of it 
for example, he's doing the card backs, all the card backs himself. So he's sort of using her style and, you know, using his style with that as well and creating these beautiful card backs. And between the two of them, they just have knocked it out of the park. Two great tastes that taste good together. I I love the spooks that you guys have that she's made. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it's got a, trying to think of the word for it, it's, it's got a spookiness to it, but it also has a, almost like a, gosh, there's a cartoon that's on right now. It's the Foster's Ghost. I can't remember. It's a kid show, but, <laughs> okay. it, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of that where, you know, every, everything is, you know, it's got its own style, but also everything is so unique. Right. That, you know, it has its, you know, and the colors are just amazing. And I, I it's, it's so, so funny how... Like, I'm a big fan of art. If I see something and I love the art, chances are I'm going to be pulled in pretty good. Right. I haven't, I don't think I've gotten in trouble with that kind of stuff, you know, because if you, a lot of times if you see beautiful, gorgeous art like that, obviously the game has kind of got to fit it too, you know. And uh, granted, there's probably some that aren't. But yeah, it's just, it's cool when you can have a game that, not only plays well, but just looks great. Right. You know, it, it, it pulls you in. It's like the first thing you see. You're like, well, obviously I like this because it looks cool. Right. I, it's interesting that you say that because a couple of weeks ago I was talking to someone about that. And so I put this question up on Reddit. How important is game art to your overall experience? And, you know, it was pretty 50-50. A lot of people mm. were saying... I see the art and it might just draw me in at the beginning, but once I start playing the game, the art is gone. It's all about the mechanisms. And then other people are saying, oh no, if the art isn't good, it completely turns me off of a game and it doesn't matter how good the game is, I just just can't play it. Mm -hmm. And so it was really interesting having those conversations and hearing from real gamers about um, what it means to them because... Some of the stories were like, I really would never have played this game if the art wasn't so beautiful, or I will never pick that up off of the shelf because it's so ugly. <laughs> but but people are pretty passionate about how they feel about art in a game. It's very important. I I think it is it is almost as important as the mechanisms, the art. The graphic design is even more important than the art because if the graphic design is bad, then all of the communication in the game is is just wasted. And, you know, that's one of the things that Josh is so incredible at. His graphic design is amazing and his ability to solve problems for spatial reasons or or whatever it is. You know, um, there was a lot of text in this game before he got at it with his graphic design and then everything became symbols and it all makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So graphic yeah. design is really important also. Yeah, it really does. And it, you know, it, it, that's a, that's a uh, great example of that because, you know, there are there, I've even played games myself where, you know, you see something you're like, you know, obviously some of this stuff is like, it's not needed, you know? It, right. That's the one of the things that I noticed when I was watching the video that um, that I was watching about haunt the house, and that you know it was one of those things where you, I thought I thought that to myself too. I was like, wow, this is so simple. It's you know, with having you know the cards, you know, basically just having the 
scares on it, you know, and then, you know, having the different symbols, you don't need anything else. Right. You know, you just, yep. you've got the beautiful art, you know exactly what it means, you know, you, you put it in the instructions, it'll tell you exactly what it is, but like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to jumble it up with a bunch of, you know, flavor text and stuff like that, you know, right. you've, you've got something where it plays quickly, you know, especially when it comes to kids, you know, kids aren't going to want to sit there and read it for an hour and be like, okay, now what do I do, you know? And they some of them can't. And some of them yeah. can't. Like, yeah. like I said, my uh, my five and a half year old, almost six year old, is is uh, he can pretty much play most of the games that we play with our older child, but he can't read anything, mm-hmm. and so he needs to rely on the symbols in order to be able to help him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know, so you had a lot of prior planning to this, so. You know, what were some of the roadblocks that you came into contact with? You know, it seems like, you know, the the thing we just talked about was, but was there anything else that, you know, at the beginning of the, the beginning of the process where you were just like, man, I just, we just, there's just something we just can't figure out. And how did you come to that resolution? Yeah. The beginning of the game was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. The, the mechanisms that we had for it were interesting and we liked that part of it but we played the game and it was just terrible um so there were a lot of problems to solve and it was a lot of uh you know josh just will be sitting at the table eating dinner and we're talking about something and then all of a sudden an idea pops out of nowhere and so we get the game out and then we start playing the game and then uh, that works fine but then we've got all these other things that we need to fix and you know one of the things that we're really lucky about is that we live together (laughs) and so it's constant we're going to bed at night and it's one o'clock in the morning and my my eyes are half closed and Josh is like, oh, I had an idea or the other way around or Josh is doing Josh is doing his work. It's midnight and I'm falling asleep and I run to his office to tell him that I have an idea. But it's just a lot of play testing, a lot of testing with our kids, a lot of testing with our nieces and nephew and a lot of age groups. We also play, have played with adults. We have a fantastic game designer community in Toronto and just a gaming community in Toronto that has been very helpful for us. Our friends in the community here have been amazing, giving us ideas about things and play testing and all of that good stuff so we've been really lucky in that way that's awesome i wish my i wish my wife would have stuff like that instead of like oh you need to get bread in the morning okay great. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to know about that at 11 o'clock yeah but we do that too so <laughs> we talk about normal things also <laughs> i i don't believe it i don't believe it <laughs> So I think we've talked about Haunt the House pretty good, but um, is there anything else in the future that you know that you are excited about that you want to tell the people about? Sure. Um, In January, we are running another Kickstarter campaign, but this is an interesting one because I started a second brand because I don't have enough to do with my life. I started a second brand, so that would be my third job, I guess. And we are re-releasing the game Endeavor, which was originally published by Z-Man eight or nine years ago. Um, And uh, 
Jarrett Gray and Carl DeVisser are the incredible, incredible um, designers of the game. They have been incredibly amazing at uh, doing some development with us and even on their own. Um, and the game uh, is going to blow everybody's minds because it was incredible to begin with. It's even more incredible now. It really is even more incredible now. Josh did the original art for it, which is interesting. Um, and he's doing the art for it again, which is even more interesting. And, you know, the art that we do have at the moment is really, really beautiful. Just so you know, it's if people don't know the game Endeavor, it is a colonizing game set in the Age of Sail. So the beginning of the 1800s is sort of the last piece of that. And it's beautifully set on a table full of maps and it just is, it's gorgeous. It's an incredible game. It is the game that got me into gaming. It made me a gamer. I couldn't stop playing it. And so when I found out that um, Z-Med had sort of let the game go for who knows what reason, I had said to Josh, maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should become a publisher and reissue Endeavor. And here I am. It's going to be my fourth game and I'm reissuing Endeavor. And this is like one of my dreams of my life. I can't even, I can't even believe it's happening. Anyway, so that is going to be in January. Around March or April, we have another kids table game called Cones Up by Tim Brown and Josh Capel. It is a worker placement game and you are playing workers in an ice cream shop obviously cones up and you're competing for uh, scoops of ice cream and building really delicious, fun ice cream cones. Nice. So that's what's up for the next, I guess the next six months for us, which is a lot. It's a yeah, lot. No kidding. Lot. Especially being a full-time teacher. Yeah, yeah. On top of it. That's, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. Again, we've talked about it before. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised. I, I, you know, if it were me, I'd be like head on the microphone snoring loudly. Um, I'm half asleep now. Don't worry. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you brought your air game. Um, (laughs) No, it's always great to see you. I'm excited about Endeavor. Before we talked about it, I unfortunately had never even heard about the game. But now that I've heard about it, I'm really excited about it. Thanks. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it's just, it's cool to see that. And Cones Up, that sounds awesome too, because who doesn't like games about ice cream? I mean, right? Come on. Right. Adult, kid, grandpa, everybody. That's right. You know, except for the lactose intolerant people. They right. Well, like they can just take a pill before they, they play that the game. That is true. That <laughs> is true. That is true. That should help. Well, Helena, it's always a blast having you on and talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I love being on the show. All right, that's great. And we'll talk to you in a couple of months when Endeavor starts. Awesome. Uh, Looking forward yes. to it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, thank you for listening. And this was the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.